Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. If you have your Bibles or direct your attention to the screens, we're going to read one verse of Scripture in Isaiah chapter 28. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Amen. Praise God. And I want to preach on the subject, there's no rock like our rock. There's no rock like our rock. Clap your hands and you may be seated. Let's worship Him again. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. There's no rock like our rock. Oh, hallelujah. And we need our rock right now. No other rock's going to do. There's other rocks out there. But they're not going to do anymore. Amen. Only our rock is going to see us through in these days. These days, uh, amen, that we're living in, there are fewer and fewer things in our lives that seem solid and sure. People and things we used to be able to count on, depend on, and lean on are becoming unstable and unsure. We, we used to be able to lean on them and they'd hold us up and now we're, you know, it, it, it will all fall over together. Although we are greatly affected by these developments, there is one good thing that has come out of it all. And it has shown us that Jesus is truly the only one that we can depend on and fully put our hope and trust in from this day forward. Amen. Praise God. Our text verse, it prophetically speaks, uh, amen, uh, of, of, a, of God uh, becoming a man uh, and talking about uh, this man, uh, this God-man, uh, amen, uh, it would be a special stone, a tested and a tried and a true stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation for this world. And whoever would believe in this stone would not make haste. In other words, they would not be hasty. They would not be shaken. They would not be disturbed. And they would not panic. Because when you're on this stone and when you're connected to this stone, you're going to be okay. Amen. Matthew 21, 43, Jesus said unto them, Amen. Have you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. You know, you, you hear this word cornerstone. It was in our text, and now it's in this, what Jesus just said. Now, a cornerstone, they've been used in building construction since the Great Pyramids. And on September 18th, 1793, our first president of the United States, George Washington, he laid the cornerstone of the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. And it's the same Capitol building with that big dome on it that you see. That dome is cast iron, by the way. Amen. And that's, that's, that, that center section with the dome is part of the original building 
that was started back in 1793, which took over a hundred years to build because of the uh, the British uh, War, the, the Second War that of 1812. They they tried to burn it to the ground in construction. The Civil War interrupted the building of it, but they finally got it built toward the end of the century. And then from now, then till now, they've added to it. They remodeled it and re reconstructed it. Amen. But that first cornerstone, that most important stone was set by George Washington. The chief cornerstone was the first stone laid on the ground at the corner of where the building was to be built. All other stones depended on the placement, the exact and perfect placement of that stone. The success of the entire building depended on that stone being square and level and perfect in its shape. Amen. If it was set slightly angled, the whole building would be off and angled. If it was set slightly slanted, the whole building would end up tilted. Amen. And risk possible collapse in the future. And traditionally, when the chief cornerstone was set correct in place, it was a cause for celebration because everybody knew that once they got that critical chief cornerstone in place, that that thing was going to be okay from then on. Amen. And they would have a ceremony and a celebration. Amen. And I'm here to tell you folks, when we get to Jesus Christ as a chief cornerstone of our life, we can rest assured that everything else is going to be okay in our lives. And it's cause for celebration. It's cause for praise. It's cause for hope and joy. I've got Jesus Christ. He's a sure stone, a sure foundation. He's a chief cornerstone in my life. Amen. And for our lives to be successful, we got to build on the sure foundation. We got to have that chief cornerstone set first and foremost. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself. The chief cornerstone were built. Jesus came first, and then the church started, and we had apostles and we had prophets, amen, pastors, evangelists, and teachers, amen, and we're built upon all of that, but Jesus is the ultimate foundation, praise God. And then Paul went on to say in 1 Corinthians 3, he said, you are God's building, According to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. Let each one take heed. Amen. So we have Jesus Christ as our foundation then we got to be careful how we build on that because it's a good foundation. It's a perfect foundation, but then we got to build on it in our lives. Amen. For he said, no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. That's the only foundation that's worth building on in this day and age that we're living in. Praise yes, God. Amen. So I asked this question this morning, what foundation... Are you building your life on? 
Some people are building on pipe dreams. Some people are building on this, the things of this world. But I'm, I'm sorry, the things of this world are going, growing strangely dim. Amen. That's why we got to get shut in with God in a secret place. And in the spirit beholding his face, getting power to run this race. We got to be shut in with God and on a sure foundation. There's only one foundation that will weather any and all storms that come our way Amen. and that's jesus our rock yes, jesus our rock yes. matthew chapter 7 verse 24 therefore whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them i will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Thank you, Amen? Amen. Praise God. He never promised us the rain would not fall. He never promised us the floods would not come. He never promised us the winds would not blow. But he did assure us if we'll build on him. Amen. Amen. When the rain does fall, even like cats and dogs, and when the wind blows with gale force power, and when the floods come like a flash flood, when all the dust settles and when the sun comes up in the morning, we're still going to be standing on the rock, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, I read just a minute ago that Jesus said the stone which the builders rejected, the same as the chief cornerstone. Amen. He said that after talking about a parable. He shared a parable with them, and that parable uh, talked about a, uh, the owner of a vineyard, amen, who decided to uh, let his vineyard out to people to work it in his, on his behalf, and that he would go and travel, and he'd be gone for a while or whatever, and uh, these people that he, he hired to take care of his vineyard, uh, he, he uh, sent some messengers and, and people that that uh, to back to him to the vineyard to see what was going on and to check up on how these guys were doing. And every person he sent uh, would get beat up, would get mocked, and would get thrown out in shame. Amen. Even some of them were killed. And finally, the owner uh, of the vineyard said, well, I'm going to send my son my only son, surely they'll honor him. Surely they'll respect his wishes on my behalf as I send him. And they, he sent his only son. And they said, hey, he, there's the only son. He's the heir. If we kill him, then we can have this vineyard. It'll be ours. And they killed his son. And uh, the Bible said, what do you think? And so he was talking to the crowd, and the Pharisees were right over there too. And he said, what do you think that owner is going to do to those guys after they killed all his employees and also his only son? He, they, he said they're gonna, he's going to come, and he's going to wipe them out. He's going to take them out of there. Amen. And then he goes on to say, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Amen. So he... Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and the, the chief priests, amen. He called them the builders, 
And if anybody knows what a good cornerstone is, if anybody knows what the importance of a cornerstone is, it's the builders, amen. It's the contractors, praise God. And so he called them the builders. And the builders that know better, they rejected, amen, the chief cornerstone. They were the experts of the Old Testament, amen, and of the law of the Moses at the time. They prided themselves on knowing the word of God backwards and forwards, inside and out. And even with all that knowledge, they still missed the Messiah. Amen. They still rejected, amen, Christ, the Son of the living God. Even after Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies from the Old Testament, they still did not believe in him. And they were there shouting and encouraging the crowd to crucify him when the time came. See, they thought, amen, a good knowledge, a good head knowledge of the word of God was good enough to secure eternal life. But oh no, they were wrong. It was not good enough then. It's still not good enough now. Jesus said to them in one place, John 5, 39, search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life and they are they which testify of me. In other words, Jesus was telling them, if you search the scriptures and you don't come to the conclusion that I am the son of God, I I am the Messiah, I am the Christ, then you're not searching the scriptures correctly. You're not searching them right. Some people search for, or for their own beliefs. Some people search, they sift through, and they search to make the Bible line up with what they want it to be. Let me tell you something. The way you search the Scriptures, amen, is with an open, humble heart, and you let the Bible speak to you. You don't speak to the Bible. You let the Bible let you know what God's will is and what God wants us to do. It's not the other way around. I can't pick and choose what I want to believe. i got to have the whole thing or nothing praise God you can't search the scriptures with your head only you must search them with an open and honest heart as well and then God will talk to you God will show you amen yeah sometimes it's not pleasant when some of those verses really speak to you when you're maybe off the reservation a little bit you're off uh, off the the uh, the path a little bit amen praise God but let me tell you something that is the best thing you can do just like a good parent will tell you what you need to hear because they love you and they want to see you do okay praise God amen Jesus is our father and he wants the best for us Praise God. Paul talked about this when he was referring to the days we're living in. When he said, amen, in 2 Timothy 3, 7, that there would be people that are ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. It's like those Pharisees and scribes and, and chief priests, amen, hallelujah. You, you think about it. People that are searching the scriptures, people that are searching the Bible, people that are taking Bible courses and, and studying the Bible, getting degrees and all this kind of stuff. And you mean to tell me, amen, that there are people in our day that study and search and learn everything that is known about the Bible and they still don't come to the knowledge of the truth. That's what Paul said. It's happening, praise God. After all that learning and all that accumulating of knowledge, they still don't see that you must be born again of water and spirit in order to see or to enter into the kingdom of God. 
after all that study and searching, they don't realize that the gospel plan of salvation is to repent of your sins. Amen. Be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins and receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. In Jesus' name. Praise God. I don't just want to search the scriptures. I want the scriptures to speak to me and guide me. Paul went on to say these same people, amen, would have a form of godliness, 2 Timothy 3, 5, but denying the power thereof. They, they, because they learned the Bible with their heads instead of their hearts, they would have religion and not relationship because they did not allow God to guide them in all truth. They would have ritual but not revelation. And they would have their church services and go through motions. But the supernatural power of, of God would not be moved in their midst and would be felt amongst them. Amen. Like one preacher preached. He said, if you don't have God in your church and you don't have, you don't let God move in your church, your church is just, a, you're just going through the motions. He said, yeah. He said, you'll start at 10 o'clock sharp and you'll end at 11 o'clock dull. <laughs> I don't want to sharp, start sharp and end dull. Sometimes we start dull because we come in here and we had a rough day or whatever, rough morning. But I want to end sharp. I want to end with a little spring in my step. I want to end knowing that God's going to do something for me. Praise God. Amen. But I'm here to tell everybody, amen, that, that has a head knowledge of the Word of God and, and doesn't believe that there's no more miracles and there's no more healings, amen, and the devil's not even real anymore. I don't know. Some people don't believe in nothing. They don't even believe fat meat's greasy. I, I believe that because i got to wash my hands so I'll get out the grease. Praise God. Eat a big old burger. It's going to get grease all over it. I know it's got grease. I believe that. But some people don't even believe that. Amen. But we got to believe some stuff in 2021. And one of the things we got to believe is I call him Jesus, my rock. I call him Jesus, my rock. He's my rock, my sword, my shield. He's the wheel in the middle of the wheel. He's the lily of the valleys. And the bright and morning star. I don't care what they say. I'm going to stay on my knees and pray. I'm going to stay, stay right here until he comes. Woo! Praise God. Amen. Praise God, they came too late to tell us God doesn't divinely heal anymore. We know he still does. He's done it for us. They came too late to tell us that God isn't performing signs and wonders and miracles anymore. He, we know he does, amen. And they came too late to tell us that God is not filling anybody with the Holy Ghost anymore. Amen. Uh, because we know he does. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. God is the rock in our lives. That we need to not only build on, but also anchor to. Yes. Psalms 18.2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress. Isaiah 26.4. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Psalm 18.31. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? Amen. That's what we need to talk to. We need to tell other people and remind ourselves, hey, who's a rock except our God? 
Don't settle for any other rock. We used to settle for other rocks because we didn't know better. But now we got the ultimate rock of ages. And we need to stay with him. Praise God. The children of Israel, after 400 years of Egyptian bondage, were released in a wonderful power of ten plagues and the parting of the Red Sea. And they went into, over to the, the wilderness, got the Ten Commandments, and they were wandering around in the wilderness for a while. Amen. And uh, let me tell you something. Praise God. The wilderness, when you're in the wilderness, and sometimes even... The children, children of God, sometimes we can go through wilderness experiences, valley experiences. And when you're on those kind of experiences, that's not the time to forget who your rock is. I said that's not the time to forget who your rock is. But that's exactly what the Bible said that they did. They forgot their rock. They began to murmur and they began to say this wilderness is going to swallow us up. And this wilderness is, is bigger than anything that we can deal with even after all that God did for them. But finally after several things happened and so forth, they turned back to God. And the Bible said in Psalm 78, 35, they remembered that God was their rock. They remembered, amen. Let's never forget, God is our rock. Amen. This world's not our rock. God is our rock. Amen. Jesus. Praise God. You know, there are all kinds of rocks in this world. Some are bigger than others. You've been to Yosemite. Uh, you, you've seen maybe El Capitan, that big granite rock. Or you've been to see some mountain, Mount St. Helen or or, you know, uh, Mount Rainier up in Washington State. Those are some big mountains or Rocky Mountains or, you know, there's all kinds of rocks. You know, there are big rocks. Amen. Amen. Some, some look like rocks and uh, they're nothing but fake rocks. Yeah. Hey, come over here. I'm a rock. You know, you can build your life on me. You know, come on. I'll, I'll hold you. And, you know, you go over there and you're like, whew, I'm tired. And you like lean on them and like, like that was a marshmallow rock or something or you know like these movie sets where they take big styrofoam and they cut it up look like a rock and they spray paint it and man that looks like a rock you know and you, you can take it with you know one little kid can take that you know, big rock and you know a little baby can go like this with it wow super powerful kid no it's a piece of styrofoam looks like a rock it's fake a lot of fake rocks out there a lot of rocks, a lot of antichrist rocks, a lot of rocks think, telling you that they're just as good as Jesus. Oh, no, even the devil thinks he's a rock, and many people are dependent on him, but they're going to be let down. Let me tell you something. Jesus is the only rock that we can count on. We got to remember who our rock is. Remember. So there's no doubt that the other rocks exist. Amen. And many people are putting their trust in them. But I'm not going to build my life on them. There are other rocks out there, but there's no rock like our rock. Yes, thank you, Jesus. I said there's no rock like our rock. Yes, thank you, Jesus. I'll put my rock up against any other rock. Yes, thank you, Jesus. I love this verse, Deuteronomy 32, 31. For our enemy's rock is not like our rock as even our enemies concede. Amen. In other words, our enemies even admit that their rock is no match 
for our rock. Because the children of Israel in the wilderness, the Ammonites, amen, the Moabites, the, the you know, different people, the Amalekites, all, they, you know, during that 40 years, they got attacked. The children of Israel, had, there were some wars in that wilderness. You remember, you got to read in there. They, had, they fought some wars in that wilderness. Amen. And even though you're in a wilderness or a valley, it doesn't mean you're not going to fight the war. You're still going to be fighting the war, but you've got to be on the rock. Amen. And all of these places had their gods, had their rocks. Amen. And, but after a while, when they realized, praise God, that they were defeated over and over again. Amen. They said, look, amen, our rock is not like their rock. Oh, we, we admit we got a rock, but they got a better rock. They got a bigger rock. They got a more solid rock. Woo! There's no rock like our rock. You know, you could take a piece of stone and make a God out of it and even call it your rock, but there'll never be any rock like our rock. You can carve ears on that little stone God and it won't be able to hear your prayers. You can call out, carve eyes on that little stone God and it won't be able to see your situation and your plight. You can carve a mouth on that God, but it won't be able to speak peace, comfort, and strength into your life. And you can carve arms and legs on that God, amen, but it won't be able to come to your rescue. Praise God. Back in the, you know, the book of Judges, that was after Joshua died, the, the nation kind of went into a bad shape, and, and then God would raise up a judge and defeat the enemy, and they would have some peace as long as that judge was alive. And then when that judge died, then it was all over again. And that's where, you know, that's where we got Samson and Gideon and, and uh, you know, some of those. Even a, there was even a lady judge named Deborah. Amen. Several judges during that time. And at the end of the book of Judges, it was still a rough time. And then before Samuel, amen, was, became the prophet of Israel, the high priest was Eli. His sons were, you know, just bad men. They were priests, but they were bad guys. The nation was in bad shape. And then the Philistines were coming and threatening them. And so they went out to war against the Philistines. And they said, we're going to bring the Ark of the Covenant. You know, the Ark of the Covenant. Amen. That was what was in the temple, what was in the tabernacle. Amen. And it was, uh, uh, you know, that uh, rectangular thing with the, the box with the lid on it, the mercy seat with the angels. And they said, well, we're going to bring that out with us because that'll, be, that'll scare those guys off. That's our God. That represents our God. And they brought it out to war. And you know what? They got defeated, and that ark was captured by the Philistines. And the Philistines took it and put it in. Now, the Philistines' god was a god named Dagon. It was, it was considered a god of fertility and a god of prosperity. And it was, from the waist up, a human being, a man. And from the waist down, it was a fish. So like a merman or something. Not a mermaid, a merman. Amen. You, 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 you know, you heard about the mermaid and mermans, you know, from the, the little mermaid, right? You know, you understood all how that works, whatever. But it was a merman. And it was, you know, so they had a temple of Dagon. And, and all, there was five major cities of the Philistines. And all of them, and in and, uh, one of the cities was the temple of Dagon. And they said, put the Ark of the Covenant in the temple of Dagon. And they put it in there. And when they, and Dagon was, this fish god was like a big statue. And it was up on a pedestal in the temple. And they said, put it right 
in front of our God like it's bowing to our God and our God's like looking down on it. And they go, yeah, we got the Israelites now. Amen. And then the night went past. The morning came. They went into that temple and Dagon was down off his pedestal on his face before the ark. Ooh, now who's, who's worshiping who? Amen. And then they go, oh, we got to help our God. Oh, we got to help our God out. I don't want to worship God. I got to help out. I mean, I mean, I'm needing him to help me out. Amen. Let's help our God back up on his pedestal. Dust him off. You okay? Okay. All right. Paint him up a little bit. He got a little, little chip off there. And then they said they went the next day. They came back the second day. And not only was Dagon down and nobody was in there. Not only was Dagon down on his face, but his, both of his arms were cut off and his head was cut off right before the Ark of the Covenant. Amen. The enemies have to concede. The enemies have to admit there's no rock like our rock. Amen. I don't want Dagon. I don't want Baal. I don't want Asheroth. I don't want Moloch. Amen. I don't want Beelzebub. I want Jesus Christ. I want Jesus Christ. Woo! I want Jesus Christ. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's stand and remain standing. Amen. Paul said... 1 Corinthians 8, we know that an idol has no real existence and that there's no God but one. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, and indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there's one God, the Father, for whom are all things and for and for whom we exist, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. Amen. We don't want the gods and the lords. I want the only rock that I can take it all the way. I want the only rock I can go all the way with. Amen. I want the only rock that when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to that rock that's higher than I. If I got to help my God back up, if, if I turn the corner too fast in my car and my God flies off my dashboard, got to get a bigger God, got to get a more self-sufficient God, amen, I don't want to be helping my God out, I need my God to help me, I want a God I can pray to and will hear me, and I can, I can fast and he'll hear me, I can talk to him, he'll talk back, and he'll lay his hand and touch me, so my advice to all of us these last days is to get in the church, stay in the church, not just the physical building, like I said, but the body of Christ. May the kingdom of God in our hearts. Because the church is built on the rock. Amen. Jesus Christ. On this rock, I'll build my church. On this rock, the gates of hell shall not prevail. On this rock is the best rock to be built on. And as long as the church is on the rock, it will not fall. As long as we are part of that church on the rock, we will not fall. Oh, praise God. No rock like our rock. No rock like our rock. 
Thank you, Jesus. I want to encourage all of us. I want to encourage all of us to trust in God. Let's trust in God. There's a lot of voices. There's a lot of things trying to say, hey, come over here. I got the answer. I got the answer. You can get it from me. You can get it from me. Oh, no. There's so many voices out there, but there's only one true God. Amen. Amen. So when we leave this place in a few minutes, we're going to be in our hearts. There's no rock like our rock. Even the enemies put their rocks up against our rock, and he just flick them away. Amen. Because heaven's his throne and earth is his footstool. We got a, we got a big rock in our God. We got a big rock. And there's plenty of room for everybody to get on this rock. Plenty of room for everybody to put your anchor in this rock. Amen. That's why we got to shine bright and tell people when they're discouraged out there. Amen. There's no rock like our rock. Hey, your rock, are you done letting your rock disappoint you over and over again? Amen. I'm here to tell you, come to Jesus. You won't be disappointed. You will not make haste. You're going to be fine. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.